Uh, this episode is full of spoilers, so spoiler alert. You've been warned. Welcome back to Zabog Talk, guys. Thanks for joining us today. We're super excited. Uh, we have a great episode for you today. We're going to go over our general review, do our likes and then our dislikes. we got some fun facts, get into some idiots arrays, and then we're going to also talk about some past episodes because some stuff happened in this episode that <laughs> me and Tim are very excited about. And we, we got to chalk up the scoreboard, you know? Uh, so thanks oh, for tuning yeah. in today. And uh, if you could, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. This is the way. Let's do this, man. Let's get into this. I know, dude. What? <laughs> what? So, okay, we're, we're, we're back from the intro, the intro music. What did you like about this episode? Wow. <laughs> what did I like about this episode? It, was what there question? anything? You know, Tim, like, I don't know. Um, no, it was, pretty much a, <laughs> it was pretty much a dumpster fire from beginning to end. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, yeah, wow. Um, I will, and I've, I, I got to give myself a little bit of uh, criticism here. I've been, I feel like I've been like a little bit of a Scrooge throughout this podcast season. Um, definitely have leaned on the side of being critical, but I feel like this episode, I've fallen victim to like the hype and the emotional like excitement has like turned off the critical side of my brain. And I feel like <laughs> I just, I just freaking loved it. Like I really, really loved this episode. Um, I honestly, is that a first? I honestly don't know if you've ever said that before, that you've loved the episode completely. Dude, I feel like I did. I, I mean, like, the only, like, criticisms I really have for this episode um, were just, like, kind of, like, question marks about some storyline stuff that, like, I feel okay, like sure. I wasn't completely sure about, um, if they kind of made sense or how I felt about them. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm, like, I'm, like, all in on this. I don't know. This may... This may be my favorite episode of the entire series oh, so far. That was a bomb drop right there. Yeah, right? for sure. I mean, even more than like the last two episodes of season one, which everybody really hypes a lot. I, I like those ones a lot, but I feel like this one, this one I liked more. I liked more. Okay, I, sure. I, I can definitely say. Um, let me say a couple. Oh, are we going to say something? <laughs> no, I was going to say, I can see why. This episode's amazing, honestly. So. Dude, it was awesome. Um, so let me point out a couple of specific things that I really liked about it. Um, first of all, I want to say Dave Filoni, a lot of people have been saying this. I mean, he, there's such noticeable improvement in terms of live action directing from the gunslinger to this one. Like, oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I like the gunslinger. Like yeah. I, I, I was not like a gunslinger hater, but like his, the, just like the directing, the pacing, the presentation of the story and just everything, the camera angles, all that, it just all like was so much smoother and just really felt like way more cohesive than like um, the gunslinger did. And it felt, it didn't feel as much um, like it was sort of forced. And so he did such a great job. Obviously story-wise, one of the things I absolutely loved about this episode was everybody kind of had a hunch or pretty much knew that Ahsoka Tano was going to appear in this episode. Yep. Um, and I love that, I was like having trouble imagining what their first interaction was going to be like and what her first lines were going to sound like. And just like, I feel like there was going to be a little bit of awkward tension to break. Sure. In, in, in sort of like bringing the character from animation into live action. And I just love that they started off with that scene, that combat scene with her in front of the wall and all that stuff going on. Um, to introduce the character. That was, was sick, so dude. That was I was not saying that at all. I was I was shocked. I was like, this is this is dope. We're jumping right into this. <laughs> Just right off the bat, like straight into the deep end. And that was really enjoyable. So I love that it started off that way. Um, and I, I'm going to be honest, like I, I was really um, nervous, but I was very impressed with Rosario Dawson. Like I thought that she did such a good job at portraying the character and like kind of like keeping the character alive but not like trying to mimic the animation as much yeah but it she just like she just like performed it so well like i was i felt great about her acting in the role yeah me too um, me too it was yeah it was amazing i was so excited um and then i'll talk about a couple little other specific things um other than like the storyline and all the, the action and everything that happened i really liked all of it I thought that visually I really liked this episode a lot Dude, too. Yes. I, liked, 
it was it was cool right yeah i was gonna say that artistically this is like the most beautiful episode i think we've seen the entire yeah. series it was so yeah. good oh yeah and i loved that um i loved that m- much of the episode i mean i like that like the forest and everything was very dead and it was very dark and sort of um just very gritty looking and the contrast of that darkness and that grittiness with the glow of her white sabers was yeah, just cool. such such an aesthetic like that was amazing um and so and uh, that will be the la- well, last thing i'll talk about um that i just really loved about this episode was um i just really loved seeing lightsabers in action again um, <laughs> it, was, it was amazing i was so like I, even like re-watching it i was just like so excited to see her using her lightsabers and just 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 i yeah i just loved it I know, and, and especially her, because her fighting style is so unique, and yeah. like her, even like her grip, her unorthodox grip, and she uses the two yeah. blades, like a smaller lightsaber. It's like, yeah, the it's, so, it's so cool how she fights and stuff. So yeah, that was, oh, yeah. That was so cool to see. That was awesome. Um, what about you? What was your, do you have anything else to add to that? No, I mean, I, I honestly, I'm going to agree with you with the, the visually. Mm-hmm. I would just like in awe the whole time. I was like, I love how they're playing in with the colors. Like, it, like you said, it's so dark and gray on the, on the, in the forest and even in the town, you know, it's like foggy and like, you can't see a lot. Yeah. And then you get into the, like the inner wall of the palace. And yeah. It's like totally vivid and green and bright. I was like, this is so amazing. Yeah. And, and, and that like, was interesting. Yeah. I know. And then like, once they free the town, um, it's like, again, it's like vivid and green and bright again. So I was like, they did such a good job visually. I love this one. I did, it was yeah. just so pleasing to the eye. Oh yeah. And you'll see that. What? Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, um, just, just, uh, what, with what you were just saying, it reminded me a lot of an avatar, the last air. Dude. Yes. I do. Me and my wife totally. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. (laughs) That that is funny. I was like totally reminded of, um, specifically the Hey Bye episode, but uh, several episode arcs. And yeah, that's so of, funny. Yeah, we, we the, got the that general aesthetic, especially the inner circle, like the inner yeah. circle. Like, <laughs> this looks like the palace where Toph grew up. <laughs> but yeah. Um, anyway, that's a side. That's a. Yeah. <laughs> that's our next podcast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I loved it. I loved Rosario Dawson. I loved how it was just like after the first obviously initial fight scene, it was just like a slow burn. And I yeah. love that. It just like grew into yeah. this amazing climax. And I really enjoyed yeah. seeing, you know, Beskar in action, how it like was able to block the lightsabers on, on both ends. You got the, that big staff and then you got Mando's armor when, when Ahsoka yeah. was uh, fighting him. So I, I like seeing that in action. And, and I love seeing, you know, um, uh, Grogu. Dude, we got, we got a name drop there. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> we got, I love seeing Grogu and uh, Ahsoka interact with each other and, yeah what yeah. was uh, what's your takeaway like, how do you feel about how do we feel about this name like do we feel like it's a good name Dude, or what I, I, it's kind of hard to say to be honest grogu i keep wanting to say like grogu but like yeah but yeah grogu is it's it's kind of it, i don't know it's just like a weird it's a little bit of a tongue tongue twister yeah, it really is and it's like so simple it's so short but yeah it's it was a little weird but um, i mean it, did, it doesn't start with a y so i know I mean, that was that, that was shocking that was shocking yeah we kind of expected I, I mean i felt that was one of the things i had a question mark i was like i don't know if i feel like i feel like i mean they, no matter what they named him it was gonna feel weird and yeah so that's true because he's called the i just yeah yeah i gotta say like you know you know it is what it is and i, I can i'm gonna continue using the three titles interchangeably baby Yoda, <laughs> the child <laughs> and grogu um no, that's good anything else um i i like the action i liked you know seeing mando's arc ahsoka's arc and uh but yeah there were some a couple things i didn't like but they're like tiny tiny detail things uh, all right let's 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 hit it dude we ready for that it. okay yeah let's just do it and i don't want to get no haters from this i mean i don't know what you'll think of it either but dude her her, her lightsabers like i love seeing the white obviously they're iconic but like i don't know just the way they looked they looked honestly like plastic to me i don't know if that's dumb you mean the handles no, no, not the not even the handles, like the actual uh, blade itself. It okay. looked like too perfectly, too perfectly straight and round, unlike it did, you know, in the movies. I don't know. It just looked so. It looked so real that it was like plastic to me. Like, I don't know. I think that's kind of interesting. Maybe that's kind of dumb, but it just, <laughs> it just didn't look like what it did in the movies. I really liked what it did in the you know the prequels. I thought yeah. the, the lightsabers looked really good. But anyways, and then I don't know her. I guess her, I don't know, what do you call her, like a, her head? What are the, her, like her, 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 her leku. 
Her leg, yeah, thank you. They were a little bit, they looked a little bit too fake, but I know that's obviously, uh-huh. that's probably obviously really hard to do with makeup wise and stuff. So, yeah, I but, think yeah. so. But other than that, yeah, like I said, stupid little nitpicky things, but other yeah. than that, I think the whole episode was really good. Like, I really liked the slow burn, how it grew. And so I really liked overall everything. Yeah, I, I agree. And another thing about the Leku that I wonder if you had a thought about, um, I've seen a little bit of chatter going on about this, is the, the length of the Leku. Yeah, they're short, sure, right? Yeah. And, but like in Rebels, they're long. Yeah. And so somehow they got shorter. Um, <laughs> but I think that it's just like a practical thing. Like you can't, I mean, I don't think the actress could have done anything acrobatic or That's really true. Anything substantial if it would have just still been like super long. Um, so. I, I, I had like a little bit of a feeling about the costume, but at the end of the day, with a lot of the costumes in The Mandalorian and just Star Wars writ large, especially looking at the original trilogy, um, I, I feel like I'm a little bit more comfortable with things that don't look as real. I don't know why, but like, okay. you know, like it just looks, it looks, it looks like, star, it looks very Star Wars, it looked on brand Star Wars to me. And so, I, but I get where you're coming from. I know. I mean, it's just dumb. It's it's just me being picky, like I said, and it's not a huge deal. It's just something I noticed, and yeah, I honestly don't really care. But it was just something that caught my eye. Caught my eye, and I was just like, oh, that's kind of weird. But yeah, no, it's interesting. Um, One thing that I'll say that I had a little bit of like a question mark around. It felt to me like Ahsoka was uncharacteristically overemphasizing some of the stringent like policies of the Jedi order. Dude, that was, ar- sorry, sorry. I cut you off. I'm no. Not- <laughs> <laughs> no, um, but let me just finish the sentence. It was going to be um, the stringent like policies of the Jedi order around attachment and um, how that was such a big deal to her in regards to Grogu and training Grogu. And I thought that was interesting. Um, there's two sides of it, but I, I don't know. What are your thoughts on it? You kinda... Dude, I know. I, that was interesting to me too, because I was thinking like, is it part of it? Like, because we're going to get into this uh, today, uh, but yeah. we have a little history lesson on Ahsoka, but she was, you know, kind of expelled from the Jedi Order and then kind of left that behind. Yeah, chose to stay away. Yeah, chose to stay away. Uh, so it's interesting. I was thinking that too. I was like, she really has like, she's holding on to like this, the Jedi principles the Jedi Order principles and teachings. So I thought, I found that really interesting, even though she's obviously been, she left when she was like really young. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. It's a, it's a very, very curious thing. Um, and obviously she has like the one line in there that talks about like how attachment can, you know, yes, dude, that was dr- like drive, chilling, dude. drive a Jedi Knight to the dark side or something like that. Even the and, best of us. I was like, dang. Yeah. Yeah, and so, I mean, it was a clear nod to Anakin, yeah, um, Darth Vader. And so I felt like that, maybe that's a piece of her that was brought back up in, during that time period. I don't know. Um, so that's just a question mark I had. I'm really, I'm really like, I'm hoping that it's something that's like, just like a well-written, like, you know, further development of the character rather than just like some, some place where they sort of overlooked, um, they overlooked it. And now they're just sort of presenting something that's like sort of incongruent with yeah. the way she used to be. But I feel like I trust Dave Filoni. I trust um, these writers to sort of keep it not just like a total incongruence with the, yeah. the character. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. <laughs> <laughs> this is the way. Oh, wow. This episode was so awesome. <laughs> <laughs> it was so sick, dude. Um, that was actually like, those are the only things I really had like sort of negative to say. Wow, um, this... What what our, our si- listeners I've are gonna love silenced. this, dude? I know our <laughs> listeners are gonna love this episode. We're not complaining the whole time. Well, I mean, I'd love to hear what anybody else has to say. If there's anything that they didn't like, um, yeah, please send us. A I mean, I've, and I've seen other things out in the Star Wars fandom. People talking about um, it took them a while to get used to Ahsoka, and they didn't really like her vibe at first. Interesting. Um, and then I've also saw some people that they felt that the the duel at the end between her and um, Morgan Elsbeth, who's the magistrate, um, they felt that that duel made it look like Ahsoka wasn't very powerful and they, they didn't like that. I did think um, that too. Did you? Yeah. yeah. And I don't know. I had an interesting thought about that. I mean, I think that there's a couple angles to that. Um, number one being she is old. Yeah, she's, she's getting hello. older. Yeah. And that doesn't show with how much she's jumping around and I know. Know, all that. 
but maybe like a 1v1 isn't as good as it once was i loved that duel like i thought it was really okay. cool i loved how i loved how methodical it was especially at the beginning yeah and how they kind of it was very much emphasized on the footwork and things like that and i feel like usually when they do that in a star wars duel the reason is is to sort of tell the audience or signal to the audience that both of the people involved are um highly trained yeah uh, okay, fighters. I see that. and so i'm thinking like maybe this person's not a lightweight like this morgan elsbeth you know knows what she's doing um i mean obviously ahsoka knows what she's doing more but um and then i also think um there's also some people have been saying this that um it seems like it's very clear that ahsoka was not was trying to defeat her but not um kill her that's a good point too. I didn't and think so about she that. was, she, she was, I mean, we definitely know that because you know what she, the question she asked her at the end, uh-huh. um, which we're g- going to talk about that a little bit later, <laughs> <laughs> but because of that, I, I could see that being as well, but I actually really liked that duel. I thought it was really cool. No, it, yeah, it definitely was cool. Yeah. It, like I said, I love seeing the best car, like how it actually worked and stuff like I, that yeah. was really cool. And you know what that made me think of as well is something that we've talked about many times on this podcast is something that people keep your eyes out for this. This is a really cool thing is the Mandalorian, like their whole warrior history originated with them going to war with the Jedi. And you can see it in the way that they, all their gear and the way that they do things, how everything that they have is meant to sort of be able to counter what the Jedi yeah. can do. And so they've got this best car that can stand up to a lightsaber. The armor can stand up to a lightsaber. The jetpacks allows them to fly with the Jedi. The, you know, he's able to uh, get the, damn it, the, the grappling hook thing, like to wrap around her when they're fighting in the forest. Yeah. Uh, little things like that. Like the, the Mandalorians, like all of their combat is all like tailored towards being able to keep up with Jedi. Yeah, that's which true. Which I, I just find so fascinating. They were enemies, uh, man. The, the history between them, man. They're enemies. Yeah, and it seems like, you know, uh, maybe Din Djarin's the first one since Tar Vizsla to kind of, well, not the first one, but he's one Mandalorian since Tar Vizsla to sort of uh, start to bridge that a little bit. Well, we got Bo-Katan, dude. Her, Bo-Katan and Ahsoka were, you know, her friends and teamed up. That's true. That's true. That's why um, I said he's one of the first. That's true. <laughs> one- uh, I was going to say something cool, too. What, his line when he says, a Jedi and a Mandalorian, they'll never see it coming, dude. I was like, yeah. that is so cool, dude. Yeah, that was a good one. That was a fun one. That was a really fun line. Um, let's, let's, should we talk about some of our favorites? Yeah. Our little favorite things? Was that your favorite line? Would you say? Yeah, I think that was. Uh, just, okay. I just love that because it just shows how powerful they are. And, like, they, they took out that entire, you know, like, what, platoon or whatever. And it was so, like, it was, it was easy for them. Like, it wasn't even hard at all. And yeah, um, I just loved the idea of them, work, like, Mandalorians and Jedi working together is, like, obviously it's very unseen. Um, and so, so like, it would be so cool to see that, yeah, them, them turn a new leaf and, you know, kind of join forces and become allies instead of enemies. Uh, yeah. so I, I love that idea. Yeah, no, that was sweet. Um, I will say for like my favorite line, I felt like there was a lot of different little bits of dialogue that I really liked that were more descriptive describing like different things, like where she de- describes, you know, the, the, the whole bit about Anakin that we just talked about. I thought that was like a chilling line. That was good, dude. Um, that was so sad too. Like the, you hear the pain me, in your voice. She says, I've seen what such feeling can do to a fully trained Jedi Knight to the best of us. I will not start this child down that path. Better let his abilities fade. Gosh, I know, man. That's, <laughs> that's a good one, dude. That is so good. Yeah, I would say that one was like my favorite. Another one that I liked was when like the hired gunman guy asks him, what is that thing? And Mando says, I keep it around for luck. Yeah. <laughs> so, I found that like pretty funny and kind of charming. What do we like about these characters? What do we not like? So, I mean, obviously the fave is going to be Ahsoka, right? Yeah, for sure. How could you not? It, it, dude, seeing her in live action, like, I, just can't, I couldn't get over it. Like, as soon as, like, <laughs> like you said, the opening scene, I was like, oh, wow. Like, they're giving us what we wanted. We want to see Ahsoka in action and they're giving it to us right away, you know? Yeah. And like full on like combat, like doing some like really badass stuff right off the start, dude. It was awesome. I know. And she's good. Like she is very, like you said, very well trained and she knows what she's doing. Love that. Oh yeah. Well, she's just like been through so much. Um, Yeah. And I still got questions about the character too. Like I wonder where she was for the original. I know. Yeah. 
Um, it sounds like she's been on this trail of uh, Thrawn for a while. And so that's something to think about, I guess. Um, I guess we'll talk about that later in our idiots rates. <laughs> <laughs> Thrawn, dude. I'm so stoked. Oh, we, we killed it, dude. We, we're, we're great. We're, <laughs> we should be writing Star Wars with the way we're able to predict dude, this stuff. Dude, I'd be down. I'd be down. <laughs> Um, and my other question I had about like Ahsoka, well, one thing I really liked about, uh, the Ahsoka character was in this was that she was, um, I like that she is doing something that is also like compassionate and just, I'd like that. I like yeah. the lone wolf nature of her and just, um, that she's out on her own and just doing good things for the, for the galaxy. Um, I, I mean, it's just, it's just great to see. Um, I'm wondering if she's, I mean, I don't think she's going to appear in the next episode. I mean, I don't yeah, know like, when she's so going to appear. I don't know when she's going to appear again. I'm really curious. Um, Did you catch her, uh, like her, the spiritual guide that was with her? What? Yeah. It, the name is uh, Moray, M-O-R-A-I. This is from Rebels. Uh, but it kind of looks like an owl. There's like a scene where right when he shows up to where the coordinates for Ahsoka, it like kind of oh. it like kind of pans out, and there's like this owl-looking thing on one of the trees, um, and that's like her her spiritual companion. I'm interested to see if, if if that'll play a role later later when we see Ahsoka again. I think I had seen something. I thought it was like her perched up in the tree watching. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, that's cool. That's interesting. I didn't know anything about that. Um, what did you think about like the quote unquote bad guys in this episode? Let's, we can start with the magistrate Morgan. Dude, the magistrate is evil, dude. It's like, it, it, it just, it's so prevalent, obviously in empire we know. And it's yeah. like, it just seems like to get to that level, you have to be ruthless, you know, to, yeah. to continue to get, you know, promotions. It's just like, you have to be ruthless and you have to be um, just like, honestly evil. And she like, she was like, you know, obviously talking about the citizens. She didn't care at all about wiping all of them out. Yeah. And so it's just like, she, she was a good villain. I liked her. I, I, I liked how, how evil she was. And like, it would just be that much better when Ahsoka was able to defeat her. So. Yeah. Yeah. She had, she was, I think she was a pretty well-played character and like, well, well articulated through the show as like a evil and also kind of had an edge to her that seemed a little bit complex. Like I thought that like, I love when they take a villain and they don't put him in like the stereotypical, like evil space. Like she was in the sort of this beautiful place with like the nice trees yeah. and like looked very pristine and all that. And, but the, all of that is sort of built on like the um, exploitation and the evil and like the, the murder and things like that. And so I love that sort of dynamic. And I feel like they're, they're, uh, they're sort of playing with the new dynamic, uh, new villain dynamic, as opposed to Gideon who like straightforward, evil the aesthetic is purely evil the aesthetic is all about um you know this it looks all looks very military it all looks very sterilized and dark and then for her aesthetic it was dark but it was also like this beauty and this uh, sure. trees and things like that and so that give that's another that's another type of uh, villain that i think is important villain to have Definitely. um and obviously she's she's got some badassery to her because she can she can fight and she you know she's no joke yeah that was cool it, and yeah so i i, I thought she was a, a solid character and then i think the only other character that even talks very much is the hired gunman whose name is lang which i didn't even pick up from the episode but huh. that's just off the casting uh that i pulled online his name is lang um what did you think about that guy um i mean he's dumb obviously he was thinking he could uh get the best of mando pull a fast one <laughs> <laughs> but uh, i think i mean that was that was an interesting scene for me like i don't i mean obviously they were talking and i mean was mando really not gonna kill him so i don't know i it was just weird that they were standing there for like forever and waiting to see what happened you know i don't know what do yeah. you think um i actually i actually like that scene i um i felt like it 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 even better than the Cobb Vanth uh, encounter, it pulled oh, okay. off. It, it pulled off the feel of like something from a western. Sure, where, I get like, that the now. Two people are standing there, and they're just waiting, and like you never know when one of them's gonna like make a sudden movement to like shoot the other one, yeah, and do something. And they're and they're they're just. It, I mean, it was like there was the duel. There was like a physical like you know lightsaber Debeskar duel going on, on the other side of the wall. And then on their side, it was like totally, I feel like it's like a, almost like a mental duel 
Um, they're just waiting for like, both of them are just waiting for the other one to like stop paying attention for just a second so they can shoot them. Okay. Um, that was cool. and, that, and, and that's a big thing in Westerns and stuff like that, that I enjoy. And so I enjoyed, I enjoyed that whole encounter. And yeah, I knew that. I, I mean, I, I feel like there was a chance that maybe Mando would take him prisoner or something if he didn't try a fast one, because he was like, not necessarily an evil guy. He was just like, true. A, merc- a mercenary that was hired. And I thought that, like, I thought, like, okay, he's going to, you know, he, he realizes that he's on the losing side. And so he's really going to just say, you know, I'm not going to get my money anyway. So you might as well lay down his weapon and move on with his life. But then he tried to pull a fast one, which was really stupid and <laughs> <laughs> paid the consequences. <laughs> dude, I feel like there's nothing to say about this episode because it was so good. Yeah. Oh, before we move on, dude, do you want to, uh, do you want to say anything bad about uh, Chapter 10, The Passenger? <laughs> I know, dude. I was thinking that, honestly. <laughs> I was like, this is how you, this is how you do an episode. This is how you guys do a freaking episode. Dude. Like, gosh, I still don't know what the passenger was, man. <laughs> uh, let me say something really quick. Um, something that I did notice. <clears throat> Every episode of this season so far, other than the passenger, has had individually has opened up um, storylines that have like just open-ended storylines that we don't know where they're going to go each episode oh you're you're right yeah the marshal opened up the boba fett thing uh-huh. and maybe a cop van thing um passenger opened up pretty much nothing um, <laughs> and then then you go to the heiress you open up all this bo-katan stuff as uh-huh. well as dark saber stuff um and i guess the ahsoka thing that's now sort of been continued and then in um the siege you opened up all the clone uh lab facility stuff and the moff gideon stuff and now here now we've opened up another uh, another stage in the journey to um, to get Baby Yoda where he needs to be. So, yeah, that actually is something I want to talk about, dude. Uh, Baby Yoda was raised on Coruscant. Like, what? Oh yeah, we got to talk about that, man. What like, the heck? what, dude? He was raised while these Jedi masters talked away, and and then he was hidden by someone. Like, this is crazy. Like, that was huge information. I was just like, what? Yeah. dude. Yeah. Um, I am so compelled by that. And I'm so curious about like what went down. Like what is the, the story? I mean, there were some people that didn't like that. They were like, oh, oh really? Like, yeah, and I was like, no, it makes sense. Like it feels okay to me. I mean, we know that he was alive during the whole prequel era, yeah. uh, you know? And so we've got to, we got to find somewhere that he could have been that would make logical sense and also would make sense for him not being, you know, a big story point. And that him being in the care of the Jedi at the temple makes perfect sense. Totally. Yeah. And, and it also makes sense for how he knows how to do like less than just like very, very basic, like force uh, maneuvers. Like he knows how to like pull and push and choke and things like that. So how did him and Ahsoka not meet, you know, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. I mean, it's interesting. It makes you think, it makes you think about like, you know, the Jedi order and, where, where, where he came from and even before then and also um like just how the jedi order operates in terms of sure. like a, a, a like a child like that that is older and has some advanced abilities but also is not like fully um not fully can't fully communicate yet and can't you know isn't like fully i don't know what the matured yet i guess yeah, you could say yeah is still like a baby i mean he's like it's getting weird now because it's like is he a, he's like a toddler he's like i don't know what i know yeah <laughs> I don't know what, you know it's not i mean i feel like he's got to start growing up here pretty soon or, or something um i don't know because i'm pretty sure it's canon that yoda was like a jedi master by like age 100 oh wow dang and so there's got to be like a rapid puberty that happens sure. for this species. <laughs> they just hit puberty uh, they, uh, 50 years of baby. And then the puberty of like <laughs> a couple of years. And then they're like in their adulthood. Yeah. That's weird. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's too much to think about, I guess, but that was interesting. <laughs> I mean, we got, we got the Coruscant name drop, which, you know, I appreciate it. Since, I know, me know, too. Cor- I totally like, I love that. Yeah, especially because Coruscant's the center of the universe and we don't even hear the planet mentioned in the entire sequel trilogy. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking at you. Rip. I'm looking at you, uh, uh, Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at you, Mickey Mouse. Hey, everybody. It's me, Mickey Mouse. Say, you want to come inside my clubhouse? 
I got a couple fun facts for you. So actually, I have to ask you about this one because I forgot the name of it and I, and I already I didn't write down the full thing. First, first fun fact, there are these droids. I'm going to talk a little about these assassin droids that were there. HK-87 assassin droids. And so the actor of the hired gunman, Lang, is, he's played by an actor named Michael Bien or Bien. Um, this actor appeared in the Terminator uh, original Terminator movies where there are droids that are called HKs, um, hunter killers, and they call them HKs. And so um, this is kind of like a subtle nod to his acting background. That's cool. That is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. And uh, also some people are trying to draw a parallel between the weapon that he carries. He carries like a pump action, um, sort of like heavy blaster. Uh, People are trying to compare that blaster also to a blaster he holds, I think, in the movie Alien. Um, I think he's in the movie oh, Alien as well. Cool. So yeah, some fun little nods for that actor. You know, I feel like, I feel like every actor that gets to be in like Star Wars has got to be so stoked. I know. And and each each appearance is just treated with such care. Yeah. Um, which is really fun. Also, with those droids though, on the side of one of the HK eighty seven droids' head is an insignia. It's the insignia for a military like division that Thrawn, Grand Admiral Thrawn, was the leader of. Yeah, that was so cool. Yes, what is the name of that that group? I can't even remember. Uh, the seventh, I, the seventh fleet. The seventh fleet. Okay, thank you for uh, saying. I was like, I, I feel like I need Blake to like say this. Um, <laughs> yeah, and so that was cool. That's a cool little fun fact for everybody. So just another way to sort of show, like, yeah, this is like this is like some we're in Thrawn territory with this episode. I can't believe it. I seriously can't believe it. <laughs> it's wild. Um, I'll throw out another fun fact here really quick. Um, and this is one that shouldn't be that shocking, but um, Ahsoka Tano, the third character that we have seen originate on animation, make the transition into live action. The first was Saw Gerrera, originated in the Clone Wars and eventually made his way to live action in the movie Rogue One. Um, Bo-Katan, originated in the Clone Wars, made her way to live action in uh, The Heiress, and then now Ahsoka Tano has made the transition. So, Who's going to be next? Fun. Who will be next, my dude? Who will be next, dude? I, there is so many. There's a lot of possibilities now. I know. I know. <laughs> it's exciting. It's super Very exciting. exciting. But speaking of the cartoon shows and all that kind of stuff, I feel like it would be appropriate for us to, because um, I, I know that not everybody who listens to us is, has even really watched Clone Wars and probably even more haven't watched Rebels. And so maybe it would be good for us to get a little bit of an insight as to um, who Ahsoka Tano is um, with some more detail. Yeah, definitely. You want to do that now? Uh, it seems like this would be a good time. Let's do it, dude. Let's do Ahsoka 101. Let's do it. Okay, uh, so this is going to be brief. I have been working on my history lessons, so they're not super long. I'm just going <laughs> to give you the, uh, what, what you guys need to know. So Ahsoka Tano, she was uh, induction to the Jedi Order at the age of three. She was discovered by Jedi, Jedi Master Plo Koon. Um, she later became Padawan to Anakin at age 14. And this was huge for me when I was watching The Clone Wars. I had no idea. Because obviously, they don't, like you said, they don't talk about her in the prequels or the sequels mm-hmm. at, like, at all. And so yeah. when I saw that he had a Padawan. I was like, no, nah, this is stupid. This is no way. This is not true. But I was, yeah. dumb. I was dumb and naive at the time. And <laughs> the reason, the reason he, got, he got a Padawan because Yoda could see that he, Anakin had a problem with like, letting things go, you know, letting people go. And his way of training a Padawan, obviously, you can't obviously keep a Padawan forever. So he thought that would help Anakin be able to kind of mature and, you know, teach Ahsoka and then have, and then watch her, you know, grow up and let her go as she, you know, go, goes down her own path and, you know, becomes her own Jedi. Uh, but that did not happen. Um, yeah. She was later framed for a bombing in the Jedi temple. And so she was like expelled from the Jedi order. Um, even though she did not do it, she denied everything, but no one believed her except yeah. Anakin. Anakin kind of didn't think that she would do it, but he obviously was, a part of the a part of the council at the time so it was like or i guess he wasn't yet but he was really high up there he was ranking general in the republic so he he kind of had a he had everyone against him trying to trust ahsoka yeah but she does end up leaving and then when her name gets exonerated it gets cleared that it wasn't her the bombing she's invited to come back 
but because of everything the order put her through and because they didn't believe her, she was kind of felt betrayed and yeah. left the Jedi order completely. Yeah. Uh, so she go kind of goes her own way and tries to find her own path. Um, and she does say this in rebels. She says that she is not a Jedi. So she doesn't, she, she's definitely very separate from the two. She has feelings of those separate. Uh, she keeps those two separate. Yeah. Um, and then later she's asked by Bo-Katan to help her um, free Mandalore from Maul. She knows she needs a Jedi to help her. And so Bo- her and Bo-Katan team up and she's able to defeat Maul and free Mandalore. And this is where mm-hmm. it gets kind of crazy. Uh, so she captures Maul. She doesn't kill him. She captures him. And on the, yeah. way, on the way back to Coruscant, uh, Order 66 happens. And so there's a whole bunch of clones on this ship. And so her and Maul kind of team up a little bit. She frees Maul as a distraction so she can kind of escape on her own. And then with mm-hmm. the help of Captain Rex, she's, Captain Rex is able to disable his chip, um, his Order 66 chip. So her and Rex team up, and then they're able to get out and survive Order 66. And then they both go into hiding. Uh-huh. And, and later, uh, many years later, she joins the Rebellion. Um, as a huge part of the Rebellion and Rebels, she goes by the name of Fulcrum. As his uh-huh. na- code name, she's able to give, in, give inside information uh, to specifically the Phoenix Squadron uh, and is able to really help them, which is like, you know, that's all Rebels is. It's like, you know, Ezra, Sabine. Yeah. So she's able to help them and she kind of frees, helps free Lafal from Thrawn. So her and Thrawn have a, you know, a rich history together. So okay. it's interesting that they're looking for each other. And yeah. as, the last time we saw Ahsoka was at the end of Rebels, the very last episode, her and Sabine Wren have go go off to look for Ezra Bridger and so that's the last we see but obviously Sabine was not in this episode so obviously they kind of went their own ways or something so there is yeah. a lot of backstory that we need filled and I'm I'm all for I'm all for that yeah it's it's exciting well thank you for that dude that's good oh solid very solid I think people can get a good idea of, of Ahsoka now I'm gonna give a little bit of a, a insight as well here in the trivia section um, I'm, I'm gonna hopefully be a little quicker um, because mine is not as important um, and this is a good, going to be a good transition into the idiots array. Um, cause it leads to some of my predictions a little bit as well. Okay. So we've seen a trend in the Mandalorian and a few other places where ideas, especially in last episode, ideas from legends are being taken and maybe like workshopped a little bit and then, you know, put back into Canon. Um, yeah. and, one of those things, well, depending on how, the nature of it, um, we're sort of, I'm, I'm really curious to see what happens with the planet Tython. So the planet Tython is mentioned by Ahsoka at the very end of the episode. She says to Din Djarin, take him to the planet Tython, uh, a, a, a planet that's very strong with the force, take him to the top of this like seer stone at the top of a mountain or a seer pedestal or something. Um, and have him reach out with the force and see if he chooses the Jedi path or the way of a force user or whatever. We're, I mean, it's not completely, it's kind of yeah. vague. It's not completely clear what, what's going to happen or how it's going to happen or what it actually means. But they talk about the, the planet Tython where he's, he's supposed to go with him next. So I want to talk a little bit about Tython. So Tython is a planet that has been mes- mentioned before. So a lot of the planets oh, okay. in the Mandalorian, a lot of the ma- planets in Mandalorian are not planets that have been talked about before other than like Tatooine. Um, Tython has a lot of history in Star Wars. I'm going to start with the canon. It was taken out of canon completely in 2013, just like pretty much everything else in the expanded universe, <laughs> which there's a lot, that's a lot to be said, but basically it's anything beside uh, the movies and a couple other things were considered expanded universe and were all considered not part of the star wars official story when disney bought lucasfilm in 2013 um so it was taken out but it was reintroduced um it was reintroduced in the last couple years through a comic book uh called dr afra um it's about a doctor during the galactic civil war she leads vader to this planet tython trying to tell him that that's where the rebel base is when the rebels are on hoth in order to give them more time to do what they're doing yeah, and so, yeah, it's really, it's, it's straight from this comic. Um, what we do know about this planet 
is it's in the deep core. So first thing I want to mention, from all we can tell so far, we know some of them for sure, but pretty much it seems like all of the planets that uh, Mando has gone to so far in this show have been outer rim. Yeah. And so if people aren't familiar with the Star Wars galaxy, essentially the outer rim is like, there's not a lot, there's not laws, there's not um, a lot of uh, governance or anything like that. It's, it's very like unexplored and there's, uh, you know, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on out there. And so this will, this, this could potentially be, be a huge change of pace if he has to go all the way to the deep core which is presumably within the New Republic's like more governed territory. Oh, that's cool. That'd be sweet. Um, yeah, so that'll be really interesting. But that being said, it's also not like a highly industrialized planet from what we know so far. Like it's pretty much empty, but it's an ancient, it's in, to some degree, in, this is all in canon, to some degree, it is an ancient, um, ancient uh, origin world of the Jedi. Um, what and wow. yeah, and so from the sequel trilogy, we have the wording: the first Jedi Temple is on Octo. Um, other Jedi temples that we know about in canon, obviously Coruscant. Um, the other one would be Jeddah, which is leveled in Rogue One, and then another one is on a planet called Ossus, which I'm about to talk about, which we don't have a ton about in canon, but. Um, I'm now going to transition into legends. So this is maybe some of the stuff that could come up with this planet Tython. So Tython was in legends was the home planet first Jedi temple and the first uh, Jedi order was there. And they were oh, called, the Jed they were called the J Dai, which is spelled J E apostrophe D A I I J Dai order. And this was a group of force users that were sort of had a religious philosophical connection with the force, the force, the force. They had a <laughs> philosophical religious um, connection with the force. And there was multiple, like nine different Jedi temples on the planet. And they had Jedi temple masters and grandmasters and sort of different than the Jedi order was that we're familiar with, but it's sort of like the beginnings of it. Um, there's two moons of the planet that are called Ashla and Bogan. And these two moons, one of them was bright and one of them is dark. And they were both, one of them was said to have a uh, light side force energy. And one of them has dark side force oh, energy. Oh, interesting. And so the ancient Tythonese, they worshiped these two moons and they basically worshiped the light and the dark. And they had this word called Bendu, the word for balance, which is the idea that like all the force users have to have balance sure. between these two sides. And any, any member of the Jedi order that were to go too far to one side would be exiled to the moon of the opposite side um, to live there for a time and to meditate on that moon so they could bring themselves back into balance. So this has got this really ancient and like mythological connection with the force. Like this is like the origins of the Jedi order. That's um, eventually, yeah, it's really interesting. Eventually that, this Jedi, oh, go ahead. I would say, is that in the book Dawn of the Jedi? So yeah, it's in the Dawn of the Jedi series. Okay. The whole, um, okay. yeah, the whole comic book series is where all this comes from. And it also is in Star Wars, the Old Republic. Um, the video oh, okay, game. cool. Yeah, you can go there. And so it's, yeah, super interesting, super cool. Uh, but the Jedi Order eventually left. There was a, a huge civil war between the dark and the light side eventually. Um, and the light side wins. And some Jedi stay on Tython for a time. Others uh, leave and they go to Asus, which I just talked about and established another Jedi temple. And that's the Jedi Order that becomes affiliated with the Galactic Republic and the establishment of the Galactic Republic in the um yeah in the, the the grand history of things and so we've got like there's this this is all of this i feel like is fair game to be brought back into the canon yeah um, that's really interesting that's super interesting yeah so i'm excited about all that stuff um i'm really really curious i love i mean i'm like a huge sucker for like everything like jedi philosophy jedi history all that stuff is the most fascinating stuff in star wars for me and so um, I'm really excited to see where this goes. Well, I mean, if, if there's one thing we know about Moff Gideon is he's very interested in the force and trying to give it to, you know, people or himself. So what a better place to go than, than here, dude, and, and see those yeah. moons like that. that yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. 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 I know. It's going to be really interesting. Um, 
which I think is a good, I mean, are we good to segue into maybe making some predictions yeah. and stuff? Oh my gosh, dude. I feel like there's so much. There's so much that we could talk about during this Idiots Array section because there's so much like that's been brought up in all these episodes that's still like open and like hasn't been resolved. And like there's, uh, how could they all intertwine? I know, I know, I know, I know. Uh, first though, dude, let's freaking yeah. go, dude. I was right with Thrawn, yes, dude. Thrawn is coming, dude. Thrawn yes. is coming. Yes, man. We nailed it. You nailed I can't, it, really. I cannot believe it, dude. My favorite character in all of Star Wars, I freaking love Thrawn. I'm so excited to see what they're going to do to him. I'm nervous because obviously it's it's it, it's a big role to play, so I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see what they're going to do, but I, I'm, I'm looking up. I'm, I'm excited. If Dave Filoni's at the helm, dude, like – it's going to be good, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I'm excited as well. I feel like I really need to watch Rebels now, to be honest with Dude, you. Dude, you do. You've got to. So what do you think, what do you think about Thrawn? Do you think he's going to show up this season? I don't think this season. I, I, okay. Unless maybe like season finale, like somehow they kill you know, Moff Gideon and then they think it's over, but then nope, here comes Thrawn. It's like, I don't know. I, I, I also thought too, maybe like a spinoff. I don't know. I, yeah. I, there's there's so much going on. Like we yeah. know we know that big name drop, uh, and dare I say that was better than the name drop of Ahsoka Tano. Dude, wow, <laughs> bold, very bold, very bold. Uh, we got very Boba bold. Fett, we got Thrawn, we got you know Ahsoka now, and and Bo-Katan. So there has to be Ezra Bridger. There has to be a Sabine Wren. There so has to be. They're definitely there coming up. Oh, it's like we. There's so much to, to do. So it's like, will they do a live action season five of Rebels? You know, like that would be sick. Um, or are they going to yeah. merge this into Rebels and have like season three be like the continuation of Rebels? And we see how we you know Thrawn gets back into power. How he brings back the Empire as the First Order or something like that. You know. Yeah. Let me say something on that though that makes me a little nervous. Um, and I don't know much about Rebels, like I said, but to me, like this show, it's titled The Mandalorian. It's The Mandalorian. It's about Din Djarin. And I don't know. I don't know how, how, how like on board I would be with it being like fully uh, commandeered by the Rebels. Yeah, story sure. Line. You know, I, and I could, that's why I feel like I would feel more comfortable and I could see spinoff shows coming out of, uh, out of this. Um, like, I don't know. I, I feel like it would be really tough to have a show it's called The Mandalorian, where Din Djarin is the main character and still have someone like Ahsoka Tana even in the show yeah, without her, like, taking the spotlight, you know? It, so, it, I don't know. It's just hard, too, though, because they brought the Darksaber in it. So, now it's, like, it's completely intertwined with Rebels. Yeah, that's and true. And especially since Bo-Katan's, like, I need to get that back, you know, from Moff Gideon. So, now it's, like, she's definitely going to be a part of the story now. So Yeah. And Moff well, Gideon's the main I, villain. So, it's, like, it, yeah. it's, it's tough. Yeah, that's true. I just hope that they take it in. I hope they take it in like a Mandalore direction. Sure, for yeah, that'd this, be sick. for that'd this be sick. show, like, and not as much in like if as long as it's like relevant to Mandalore. And I want to see Din Djarin's role being sort of the still like the primary role in doing something for Mandalore and probably simultaneously something good for the whole galaxy. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. And can I say that there is now a new meaning to "long live the Empire." Long live the Empire. Oh, <laughs> you're right, dude. Wait, what's the new meaning now? Thrawn, dude. Thrawn's here, dude. Now that, like, now that Thrawn's alive? Yeah. I don't know. It, it, and Palpatine's alive. Don't forget. I know. Palpatine's alive, too. So it's like, the, unfortunately. But it's... <laughs> it's um, oh, yeah. So it's almost like Luke Skywalker's victory that was the, uh, the pinnacle of all <laughs> for 30 years was meaningless. Wow. <laughs> Anakin was not the chosen one, dude. Oh my gosh, man. I'm just, <laughs> I get, I get, I get, and now I'm getting pissed. Now I'm getting pissed off. <laughs> we got to change the subject. Change the subject. <laughs> oh gosh. No, dude, it's going to be sick though. Like it's going to be really sick and it could, it could give us, it could, you know, fill in the holes of the sequel writing and make it feel a little bit. No, it's not going to make it feel any better. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. What do you think about like the relationship between Thrawn and Gideon? Do you think that Thrawn will be the boss over Gideon? Well, definitely Grand Admiral is the highest rank in, um, in the Empire. So, but I, I'm a little confused on if they even know that. Now I'm like questioning if they know that they're, or I'm sure Thrawn knows that Gideon's 
is alive, but I'm, I'm questioning if Gideon knows Thrawn is alive. And okay. Because it seems like Gideon's kind of taking the helm. Of yeah. The, the, He's the, doing the, his own thing. The remnants of the empire. And yet why yeah. wouldn't he go to the magistrate if he knew she was alive and she was supplying Thrawn, you know? So I'm like trying to make the connection to see if there is one there, but it seems like Moff Gideon is kind of, kind of, kind of going rogue and doing his own thing to, you know, become as we think our theory is, you know, become a Sith, kind of merge that, merge that line to become the new leader of the empire. So it's interesting. I, I'm curious to see what's going to happen if they, if they do encounter each other. Yeah. It's going to be so interesting. And I can see them being sort of like enemies. In a yeah. Way, I can to see that honest. too. Yeah. Like, sort of like competing for power. Um, and that's one of the things I think was really important for um, like, even like the original trilogy rogue one was like the, the competition between the different leaders of the empire. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun stuff. Um, what you were just saying, it made me think like there's just like no way that the all these storylines can end happy though. That's the worst part. Yeah. Like because we know that like because of the way that they decided those people decided to structure the sequel trilogy in order to make us all feel nostalgic for the Rebel Alliance, um, <laughs> they had to make it so like, you know, essentially the, the first order is created and you know, the, you know, everything ends badly with the Jedi order that Luke establishes and stuff. And so, yeah, that's kind of a bummer to me, but we'll see how it, we'll see how it all pans out. Yeah. Anything else we have to say about Thrawn, dude? Uh, I don't know, man. I hope I'm Just excited. excited. I'm really, I mean, <laughs> when she literally said his name, I thought she was going to say Gideon, like where's Moff Gideon. But then she goes, where's Granimal Thrawn? And I was just like, what? I was in shock dude i didn't even react like i was just sitting there like i didn't even know what happened after i had to go rewatch that. like i was like what did you just say like i was i was so happy dude i literally cheered i was like i was like <laughs> i like put my hands up in the air i was like me and blake are geniuses <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah no i'm excited i'm like it's gonna be it's gonna be so interesting let me ask oh, oh i got this is gonna be a fun question for you who could play him who could play live action thrawn I know that's, that's, that's the thing I'm most worried about is his character is, he's so calm and like even his voice, he's like someone with a good voice. Um, It's like a chilling voice, but like, he's always calm and collected. That's what I love about him. He never loses his cool or temper. So I'm, I'm curious to know who who they're going to do. I, I think the voice actor for him in rebels, he could probably do it. I think I can't remember his name. His brother plays someone also in star Wars. Oh, really? Yeah. Interesting. Lars Mikkelsen plays him in Rebels. Okay. Are, yes. you, are you familiar with the last name Mikkelsen? Yeah, Mads Mikkelsen, who plays uh, Galen Erso, right? That's right. Yeah, they're brothers. So that's Ooh, kinda, that'd be kind of cool, huh? Yeah, I mean, that is obviously cool. they can't be brothers in, in, the, in the movie, but I mean, they, they, Star Wars sticks close to home, dude. They love, they love keeping their uh, voice actors and like, their characters. Yeah. So it's like they, I can see it happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that too. Keep it in the family. Let me see. Um, what do you do? You have anything else about like idiots array? I don't think so. I are you you ready to get spitballed? Yeah, send it. <laughs> All right. Um, well, what do you think is going to happen um, at the beginning of next episode? Dude, I'm I'm curious because obviously we know, like I said, Moff Gideon is very interested in the Force, so this would be great a terrible place for him for him to be led to obviously yeah. but like a great place for the storyline as as far as the storyline goes and and who knows if he's tracking you know where mando goes so maybe he'll go and like i said before capture ahsoka maybe he'll go and stop there to see why he stopped you know so uh-huh. i don't know it, I, I moff gideon has to play a huge role in the next episode so i think i think we're gonna see him see a little battle going on okay. or something Okay, we'll put a pin in that either. It's Ray. You're saying that uh, Moff Gideon is going to show up. I also think he's going to show up. Um, I don't. Here's an interesting thing, though, that I was just thinking. If if Mando goes straight to the deep core, he's going to go into New Republic territory, and I don't think that Moff Gideon is oh, going to follow. Oh, interesting. Him. I didn't even think about that. That's true. That's a good yeah. Point. So. That is one thing I will say about that. And so, I don't know. Hopefully, I hope that they keep that, that consistency in terms of, like, geography. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I mean, we even had um, Carson Tava. He said core worlds, and he referenced it. Like, that's where the New Republic is happening. And so, yeah, there, he, I don't think it would be appropriate. It wouldn't make any sense for Moff Gideon to follow him there. And the okay, that's true. that's true. That's a good point. 
Well, I mean, he could follow him, but then uh, it would have to be in like a small ship or something, or yeah, um, and or and or the New Republic's going to get involved if he shows up with his star destroyer, and the whole the whole episode <laughs> ha- it all it all happens, and there's no New Republic uh, interference. Then I will be pissed. <laughs> Um, okay, I got an idiot's ray for you, dude. All right, let's hear it. While this season was under filming, one beloved actor was in an interview quoted saying, talking about how he was on the set of The Mandalorian and saw his, um, his old robes. Oh, no way. For the... Oh, my God. The- <laughs> oh, man, I already got you going, man. Um, I didn't even like think he- about that. Yes, dude. And so that happened. I don't know. I haven't seen anybody else bring this up. He goes to freaking Tython. Grogu reaches out with the Force. And who is, who's the most active Force ghost we've ever seen on, on camera? It's oh Obi-Wan freaking Kenobi. Oh, gosh, bro. And, okay, so, like, we all overlooked it. Everyone, they played it off. Disney played it off. Like, oh, Ewan McGregor just came to see his robes because he's going to wear them in the TV series that he's going to be in. Dude, and so no. just did a costume check. I'm like, no, they were lying. He's going to show up as a force ghost. That's my idiot's array. Oh my gosh, dude. That is amazing. I, I'm so down <laughs> for that. Dude, I am too. Are you kidding me? A freaking you and as Obi-Wan again? Oh, I love that. I love that. I, I mean, that would, I feel like that would put everything like that. Would, it would get great. I mean, like it would just be insane. Like, should we, go, like the, should we go farther? Say uh, Liam Neeson and Hayden Christensen will also show up. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's actually what my brother texted me. He's like, dude, I hope, I hope that Anakin shows up as a force ghost. I'm like, yeah, that'd, be, that'd be cool, I guess. Um, I don't think it's going to happen, but I just remember seeing that robe thing and I was like, oh, they are sneaky. These people can be sneaky. They are. They definitely are for sure. So I'm going to throw that out there as an idiot's ray. And Dude, that's, that's, that's one, that's I'm awesome. excited. I'm excited about that one. I mean, but also I want to throw out the possibility. There could be other force ghosts that show up, you know? Sure. Like we could, I mean, we could definitely, it, it feels like it'd be very appropriate to get a Yoda. Like, Dude, that'd be sick too, honestly. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm entertaining the idea. Um, I, know, she I don't know. She dropped his name too. Yeah. Ahsoka did so. Yeah, she did. That was that was cool. I felt I felt I was like stoked when I heard that. I was like, "Oh, Yoda! Yes, this sounds so right." Um, <laughs> but also, I want to say, um, was it? Uh, I think that this is also something we've been talking about. You know, this is also maybe a a clear sort of lane where Luke Skywalker could get involved. Yeah, I thought that too. Okay. So there's that possibility because she said that, you know, he reaches out in the force and a Jedi comes and finds him. Yeah. And we know Luke Skywalker is an at-large Jedi at this time. And so there's that possibility. Um, and I'm also wondering, like, I wonder who hid. Um, Dude, me too. Who hid, who hid yes. Grogu? Like, who he was it? Someone I hid by someone. And I was like, why would you just say someone, you know? Yeah. I don't know, dude. It's, it, I know. I'm I, I don't know. There's so much in what she was saying. I was like, she gave so many hints and foreshadowing, I feel like. So let me, oh, oh, okay. I just came up with this on the spot. <laughs> okay. What if, what if during the, um, so, cause we know we're getting an Obi-Wan Kenobi series, like a TV series. Yeah. What if, what if, what if Baby Yoda appears in that series? And Obi-Wan's the one that hit him? Or, the, or, or Obi-Wan does something to protect him or to hide him or to do something with him. Dude, um, I can see that happening because obviously we know everyone's obsessed with Baby Yoda. So that, yeah. I would not put it past them. I wouldn't put it past them at all. And I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't hate it either. Yeah, I, would, I, mean, I wouldn't either. That would be interesting. I just came up with that. I just came up with that on the spot in this conversation. Interesting, so. dude. There could be a connection there. And I don't know. I mean, we, we saw all the events of... Um, we saw all of the events of Order 66, essentially. We've seen, uh, we've seen it from so many different angles by now yeah. that, like, it's hard, and especially Obi-Wan. It's hard to imagine Obi-Wan was the one who hit him, like, during those events. Yeah. Obviously, he was, he was fighting Anakin. But I could see it being, like, you know, maybe another Jedi ran off with him, and then, you know, they became wanted, and Obi-Wan went and found that Jedi and rescued 
Grogu from that Jedi, and then maybe that Jedi was killed or something. I could see a transition like that happening in the show. That'd be really, really oh, dude, cool. Just think, he was at the temple, man. Like during the <laughs> I know. Kicks, dude, that's crazy. I know. It's something else, man. That is something else. And I've been playing a Jedi Fallen Order, and like you're looking for like the roster uh, or like the holocron that uh-huh. has all the yeah. four sensitive children. I'm like, wow, Grogu had to have been on there, right? Yeah. Or, <laughs> Or he was out there in the, in, the, in the galaxy somewhere during all those events, too. Yeah, for sure. Well, that's pretty much everything I've got for Idiots Arrayed. I feel like there's just nothing else. I feel like I, I, feel like I don't have anything to say because I'm, like, speechless at how good it was. But also, like, I feel like I just could talk about it for forever. And, and like, no matter how much I talk, it's not enough. <laughs> and, and this is what I'm saying. Why the hell are people being lenient with episode freaking 10, dude? this is what we can have every every week <laughs> this is the standard <laughs> i know dude oh man what an what an interesting like why did they put that in there it's so odd <laughs> all right foundlings thank you so much for listening to another episode of sabak talk um i just want to say that we appreciate you all so much um thank you for all the love on apple Podcasts from everybody who's been believing in a review we appreciate you so much. Um, anybody else who wants to, we would love um, for you to continue to leave us good reviews. Hope that you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Um, and please engage with us over social media throughout this week. We're on Instagram at Sabak Talk, S-A-B-A-C-C Talk. And you can also find us sabaktalk at gmail.com. Um, find us on Anchor and send us a voice message. Um, we're going to be engaging. There's a lot to talk about this week, and we're really excited for what the future holds. And so thank you for listening and enjoy the rest of your week. This is Sabak Talk signing off. This is the way.